You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Pets in the City is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash city, C-I-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Step onto the sexy streets of animal attraction that is New York City. Welcome to Pets in the City, Life in the Urban Jungle. Join host Diane West as she explores the exciting lives, loves, and laments of the people and pets in the world's greatest city. Pets in the City, like the city itself, has something for everyone. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So get ready to get dressed to the canines and take a bite out of the Big Apple with your Pets in the City host, Diane West. Well, it is no secret if you have turned on the television or even your iPhone or glanced at your email once in a while, that political season is in full swing, not just for the nation, but New York State as well. And we are honored today to have a lifelong, very respected, pet-friendly candidate. He's not a candidate anymore. He's been a longtime assemblyman. Joseph R. Lentall from North Brooklyn. He's from the 50th Assembly District. That's in Kings County. That means all you guys that live in North Brooklyn, this is your representative. And we're talking with him today about the political climate in general in this country and also the elections that are going on in New York as well. So listen up. There's actually a lot of interesting stuff. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Pets in the City is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code PETCITY10, that's P-E-T-C-I-T-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code PETCITY, P-E-T-C-I-T-Y, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. Welcome to Sassy Seniors, a show about our fabulous older dogs and cats. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. You know, I wanted to create a show to really showcase our senior pets that, you know, as a human population, ages, and lives longer. Of 
course, so are our wonderful pets. But many of us with aging pets, it's so interesting. We have a tough time realizing or really admitting that they are seniors. So in a way, I kind of like to think of our senior pets as, as wise puppies. What do you think about that? Be sure to join us for another edition of Sassy Seniors. And remember, celebrate your senior pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? Okay, Assemblyman Lentil, you have been in the, is it the 50th district in that's, Brooklyn? Yes, that comprises Greenpoint, Williamsburg, and uh, part of Fort Green, for the listeners who don't know where it is in Brooklyn. Okay, you've been there since 1973. Right, that's correct. Wow. Uh, I've had a long legislative career, and it's been a very rewarding one. And your dad and your grandfather were also legislators prior to you. That's right. And uh, it's a family tradition to public (laughs) service. (laughs) (laughs) It must be. Now, you know, I wanted to talk to you about you are known in New York City in particular as one of the pet-friendly candidates. And I certainly want to talk to you a little bit more about that later. But I guess I just want to kind of give, you know, our listeners a bit of a, a barometer of the election going on in New York right now. So I'm going to jump right into that. What in the heck is going on in New York? (laughs) It has been, I mean, it's like the nuts are running the nut house. Yeah, well, um, you know, we've had, we've had our problems in Albany, many of it because of, uh, you know, a governor that had to resign, uh, state senators who got kicked out of office, yeah, like Hiram Montserrat, uh, Elliot Spitzer, yeah. Patterson. Right. What's so up? A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff has gone on, and you know we're in a very bad cycle in Albany, and it really I, I don't like it at all because it detracts from what I believe is, and you recorded perfectly well the public service of my family, who served with distinction, all of them, and I hope that includes me as well but it really detracts from uh, the real public servant who wants to do the job correctly, which I hope I do. And I think that, you know, a lot of what's going on now is purely political, where you have uh, a fight for control of the state Senate by the Democrats and the Republicans, and uh, just like you have in the Congress. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you hear a lot about Congress, but you don't hear too much about Albany, where, uh, especially in the state Senate, where there's a, a fight, it's a very narrow margin of one seat that the Democrats control. And it's a very important year that people who aren't involved in politics don't know about because whoever, whoever wins this year's election, whoever controls the majority in the Senate, will control the reapportionment of the districts. Right, right. Because then you'll be able to control the majority probably for 10 years if you're in power to do that. And that's in the, so, the state of New York. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, but I'm hopeful, since I'm a Democrat, that the Democrats can prevail in this election uh, all throughout the country. But the tide at this moment in time seems to be going the other way. And it's not unusual because we're in a midterm election for a president. And I can't remember when uh, a president who was elected, even with 
a large majority was not soundly uh, turned back by the voters in Congress or in the state legislature in the in the next two years. Ronald Reagan faced it. He lost control of the Congress. President Clinton lost control of the Congress, just to mention two presidents in recent history in their first two years, and they were popular presidents when they were elected, just like Obama was. So this is not unusual. Why do you think that is, Assemblyman? Like, you know, I understand what you're saying, that historically, you know, if you have a, a Democratic president, that the Congress will tend to be Republican and, and vice versa. Why do you think people do that? Do you think they just don't want one party to have more power? Or why is that schism? I'm just curious, in your opinion. I think it's because of the kind of democracy that we have. We have uh, bloodless coups in this country, you know? If people take over too much power, take on too much power to themselves, whether they're presidents or Congress, uh, the people act by casting their vote at the ballot box for a change. And mm-hmm. I think that's what that's what's going on here. That some people think that, or, you know, you have the Tea Party movement and you have people saying that uh, Obama's going in the wrong direction. And uh, whether that's true or not, it, it has a following. And... Uh, you know, whether Ronald Reagan was one of the great presidents or not, he still stumbled in his first term at the midterm. And so it's true of Democrats and Republicans that you you have this, uh, you know, you have a landslide election for a president, and then the people say, hey, wait a minute, we may have given this guy too much power. Let's take a little bit back. It's interesting you, you say this because... That obviously President Obama was extremely popular, uh, you know, not not only for just all kinds of historic reasons, but for his message as well. Do you think that people actually do have a right to be angry, though? I mean, you know, there are a lot of people out of work. There are a lot of people that are still struggling and losing their homes. And, you know, they have agitators like the Tea Party that are kind of, I guess, capitalizing on that discontent. But, I mean, is there some validity in in that? Could the president be doing better? I'm sure that President Bush is looking at this with uh, a great deal of humor. Which Bush? Which Bush? Bush the second. Okay, the big George. Mm -hmm. Because they're blaming all of this on on this president and Mm. not on him. And, uh, you know, this didn't happen to Obama. This was going Mm -hmm. on before he took office. And so, uh, you know, in order for us to get out of this bad economy, it's going to take, you know, longer than two years. I mean, all of the economists said that this was uh, akin to the Great Depression and, and that we could have easily fallen into a depression, and we haven't. So that may be a testament to the fact that Obama's policies are working. Time will tell. It may be that uh, he's, he's on the wrong track, and if that's so, time will tell that too. But I believe that we didn't go into a depression. Unemployment always catches up at the end when a recession is over. It doesn't... doesn't uh, cure itself until long after we're out of the woods of a cyclical recession. So um, I think all in all, the president has a lot to be given credit for. The health care bill, stimulus package in order to stimulate the economy. There are states in this nation who wouldn't have survived, including New York, if it wasn't for money from the stimulus package. Because our budgets were uh, really going down the tube and still are. 
And uh, we'll be right back with the Assemblyman's take on we're going to go from the national stage back to the New York State stage. We'll be right back. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Pets in the City is brought to you by Pet Care Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care Rx offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings up to 50%. And if you find a lower price on a certified EPA and FDA-approved medication, Pet Care Rx will match that price. So go to PetCareRx.com. Use promo code PETCITY10, P-E-T-S-C-I-T-Y, the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to florup.com and use the code PETCITY at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com. Code word P-E-T-S-C-I-T-Y. How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll-free at 1-877-MY-8PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8PETS. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash city, C-I-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. 
PetLifeRadio.com Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties, Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? And we're back. Okay, Assemblyman, now you, again, as we were saying, you've been in there since 1973, but, you know, you've had your share of people that you've you've obviously had to go against. Now you won a primary seems very swimmingly by long slide to uh, Andre uh, Soleil. That was your Democratic primary. And now you're running against uh, Republican conservative, I believe, Jacqueline Harrow, who I could find very little information about. You and me both. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to say anything bad. I I, I just, I honestly can't find much. I mean, is it just general Republican conservative stuff that I really can't I really can't speak for them but uh, what I what I can tell you is that the election of a a Republican is somewhat unlikely in this uh, in this part of Brooklyn Mm -hmm. generally speaking because it is a Democratic district so what happens is the Republicans don't often put up a strong candidate to run for uh, the office and they mm-hmm. save, uh, their resources for other offices where they have a chance to win. So that, that's the best I can tell you as to why uh, you haven't heard much about the race because she's not really campaigning and uh, uh, I suppose I suppose I'm lucky for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now your colleagues, are, some of your colleagues, I know that you've worked with also on um, on pet friendly legislation, which we'll talk about in a moment. I believe Senator Eric Adams is running, right? Yeah. Then going to Manhattan, we have Linda Rosenthal. Is she unopposed? Uh, I don't know. I haven't checked it out, but it's it's likely because in her district, it's even more Democratic than mine. Right, cause oh. I couldn't find anyone. And then you have Micaiah, is, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing, Michael, Michael Kellner, Kellner, okay, and um, he's also a Democrat, obviously. He's in Brooklyn, too, right? He's in Manhattan. Manhattan, the, okay. Uh, east side of Manhattan. So he now that you... In uh, seat, I think. Gotcha. Okay. Now, you guys have uh, worked together on pet-friendly legislation for New York City. You guys in the spring had a uh, press conference in front of City Hall for the Trails to Tails map, which was sponsored in part by uh, Pedigree, ASPCA, and a lot of other folks. Now, I understand that you personally are uh, looking into some other pet-supportive legislation as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, let me say that first and foremost, uh, I'm involved in these issues because I am an animal lover, but I'm and and I can prove it because I'm the proud owner of two rescued. I guess I can tell you, listeners, that I'm. I'd like to say that I'm a politically correct pet owner because I've rescued a dog and a cat. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and they live together harmoniously. And, uh, you know, even though it's a big dog. And a small cat, as your listeners probably know, the cat is the boss. What's their names? McDonald is uh, my dog, who is a shepherd, Rottweiler, Labrador kind of mix. He's a big boy. Yeah. And uh, and Jasmine, better known as Jazzy, is a um, tabby. And I also chair the Assembly Codes Committee that reviews most of the legislation that maybe your listeners don't know that seek to protect animals. You know, a lot of the bills go to the agriculture and 
and Markets Committee, or the Farming Agriculture Committee, excuse me, and but before it can come to the floor, it has to come to the Codes Committee. Hmm. So, New York kind of, bu- I noticed, uh, is that par for the course with most states, though, that New York kind of bundles their domesticated and pet animals under the Department of, like, Agriculture? Agriculture or, Mark, that's right. Or, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if it's, uh, it's done by other states. But I'm happy to say that we almost had a law on dogfighting, which had never even gotten close to passing. We got it passed the Senate, and we got it one step away from passing the Assembly. Um, so we need to go after this uh, again next year, I suppose. But it will be very important and a signal that New York will punish uh, people who promote or even participate in the dog fights, and that's really the controversial part of the bill that many legislators don't like because it punishes the uh, participant as well as the people who promote the fights. Okay, what's and, uh, what's controversial about that part of it? Not because sure. people, people come to a dog fight, and the, the, uh, there are some legislators who don't believe that they should be charged with or convicted of a crime because of that. Especially people who come from a culture where you have bullfighting, cockfighting, and things like that, where it is a participatory sport. But we're going to get it done. We got very close this year, and I'm hopeful that um, we'll get a dogfighting bill because I think it's important for New York to really lead the way on that. And do we have a problem in this state with dogfighting? I don't know, but if if we do, I haven't heard of it. But I wouldn't be surprised because there are those who who raise some animals just for the purpose of fighting or for the purpose of being vicious. So in okay. any event, I just I wanted to introduce the bill because of the, the subject matter. I think it's important to have to have a, a bill that is an animal fighting bill. It isn't necessarily a dog fighting bill. Any animals that would would uh, be put into a contest would be covered under it. So now when so when should people look for that to be introduced? Well it, it is introduced already, but it'll have to okay. be reintroduced again next year because it's a new session okay. after the election. Okay, so but just so people keep an eye out for it. One of the things that I think that's important that may have gone unnoticed in this year's budget was a new way of implementing New York's dog license program was created. Mm-hmm. The job is going to be turned back to the counties to implement. I heard that. Please, uh, yeah. you know, can you frame that yeah. for us? Because I know there's a lot of confusion about that. Like, so come January, what happens? Come January, uh, the city of New York will administer the licensing program. And, and, and uh, you know, in other parts of the state, it will be the county. So in Albany County or Orange County or Rockland County, they'll be doing their own licensing program. So you mm-hmm. listen, you should pay close attention and participate at the county level to determine how licensing will take place because it has to be implemented, and even more importantly, how uh, funds will be allocated and for what purposes the funds will be used. Remember, the state gives a lot of public money to the locals, and it goes to animal protection. And I think New Yorkers should should, uh, want and demand that those funds are used wisely and effectively. If you want to make sure that you want to make sure that shelters are in good physical condition, that individuals who work there are trained, that good animal care goes on there, and standards are follow, followed, that uh, and that the public always has access 
and can go in and out because we know we have trouble at shelters that are bad. They don't let people in and uh, close them up to people who want to rescue the animals from bad shelters. If the shelter refuses access, that, that's a clear indication that a problem exists. So it sounds like you have a particular shelter in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Are you willing to disclose it at this moment? Or? Well, I don't want to tip them off, but they may have already been tipped off. All right, so you know. somebody, uh, Assemblyman's drawing a bead on you. So <laughs> yeah. You probably know so who you are. People have to know what to do about that, where you can go, and of course you can go to your elected officials, and uh, in the instance that we're talking about, we've gone to the state controller to uh, ask for an audit. And, and that's really important if we can get them to focus on it, because, uh, you know, it's not only financial audits that the controller does its programmatic audits that really ensure quality control and that's where it would come in with shelter programs because the controller can look back over several years and it's pretty hard to hide poor performance so, I think sometimes uh, the role of the comptroller gets lost on people because you know yeah, I think it's like kind of an administrative right. thing but they really hold the purse strings and they see the reports and they're like okay what's going in what's coming out that's right so um, but, you know, that, that, that's where, really where the vigilance, I think, has to start if uh, people know that something's going on that's wrong at a shelter. And, uh, but overall, i got to say that I'm really proud how New York cares for its animals. And, um, you know, and that's primarily because New York has magazines like yours and radio programs like yours and uh, effective and powerful rescue organizations. You already got my vote, so you don't you don't have to butter me up. <laughs> no, I think it's true. I think that that's that's really important. Well, Vigilance is very important, and you have to have people who are paying attention. Otherwise, uh, the, those in power sometimes do what they want and what's expedient, and we can't let that happen to those people who don't have any those animals who don't have any power. And if you could just, again, I really appreciate clarifying some of these issues. Now, if we could just briefly go back to the licensing. Is New York City, and when I say that, I mean the, the five boroughs, counties in New York City? I don't when, think it's going to be run that way. I think it'll be probably run out of uh, the city of New York because, you know, we don't really have, you know, the, the boroughs don't really function that way. It's the city that would function that way. So come January, do you have to do anything different for McDonald? Do you have to re-register him or re-license him? Yeah, well, his license is not up until October, and then we'll see where, how the city has handled it. Usually, uh, uh, you know, when you get your license now, it comes in, in the mail just for renewal, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I suspect that if it's running properly, that it'll come from uh, New York City this year. Okay, because a number of people have called and emailed us, and they, they're like, they just heard in passing the yeah. rule was going to change, but they weren't sure what's going to happen. So come January... We're going to have to... Uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite familiar how New York City is going to implement it, but I'm going to stay on top of it, and I'd be glad to come back and let your listeners know 
uh, in the future. Yeah, no, we, we'd really like to do because I know there's a lot of confusion about that. People don't know if they're they need to re-register or whatever. And also, I if you could just again emphasize the fees for licensing actually go to you know programs. They should be going to programs to help make shelters better. And I think spay and neuter too, right? Yes, that's okay. right. Okay, because, yeah, I think some people don't know where their fees go to. Okay, and in our wrap-up, so Assemblyman Lentall, what do you think is, uh, I know you spoke about dogfighting and licensing and the need to kind of stay on top of shelters to make sure they're doing what they should be doing. In the coming years, what do you think is going to be the the most pressing issue for us as a city and as a state? In general or as a... Oh, and for animals, for animals. Well, I think what I said is going to be the most pressing issue, that we have to make sure that shelters are run prop- properly. And we have it better than most states, and uh, that's going to be a pressing issue for us, as well as the puppy mills. Now, we don't have puppy mills that run out of New York, but maybe we do. And we don't, we don't hear much about them, is what I should say, but we do have them in other states. And uh, so in the years ahead, I think that's going to be a thing of the past. Puppy mills. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we will say now and definitely we're going to revisit with you uh, again with the, you know, the licensing, try and keep people up to date. I'm going to also let our listeners know that you, in addition to being a pet owner, apparently are an acapella aficionado. (laughs) Thank you. I think I'll keep my day job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll try and get you to sing another day then. <laughs> well, the other issue that I didn't talk about was, of course, you guys all out there know about Oreo's law. I mean, that's going to be controversial when you have a when you have uh, animals that are problematic, whether or not they be given to no-kill shelters or something else be done with them. And uh, I guess a couple of things that I that I didn't think about when you asked the question. You know, we should be creating a registry of animal abusers and mm-hmm. also maybe... We have, we have one in Suffolk County right now or it's yeah. almost, okay. And maybe even think about the possibility of taking DNA from those who are convicted of animal abuse because one of the things that we know and we've learned from the criminal law is how many people who are animal abusers not only become human abusers, but sometimes murderers. Mm. Worse, you know? It comes into that. They don't have respect for living things, pretty much. So That may be something that's uh, in the future for uh, New York State to consider. A lot of other, sh- other issues that um, are not intimately involved in, like the docking of cow tails, prohibition against confining chickens in coops that are too small. Uh, now, those are also issues that animal lovers have to be concerned about. Yeah, I guess our upstate brethren, definitely. Um, but so with the animal abuse registry and, um, you know, successfully being implemented in Suffolk County, I'm going to ask you from Brooklyn, do you think that's something that might be in the cards for Brooklyn soon or in the future? Well, I don't, I don't think we can do it for Brooklyn. You know, Suffolk County has its own government. Right. The city of New York has its own government, but Brooklyn doesn't. Right. So if, if You're part of the city. Be, yeah. If a local law were to be enacted by the city council, it would have to cover the city of New York, and that's their jurisdiction. And we, of course, in the state could create a law that's statewide, 
acquiring registry, which would be the, the smart thing to do so that it would be uniform throughout the state. Well, we're going to uh, keep uh, an eye on all these issues, and Assemblyman, we uh, appreciate you keeping an eye on all of these things for us as well. Assemblyman Lenenthal, everybody, uh, Election Day's coming up. Make sure, especially our brethren in um, Brooklyn, that you get out the vote and um, continue the great Lenthal tradition of pet-friendly legislative movements, as well as taking care of the rest of us as well. Thank you, Assemblyman Lenthal. Appreciate it. Thank you. And that'll do it once again for this episode of Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. Once again, I will end our show by looking at my calendar here, which is the New York Tales magazine blog, uh, newyorktales.com. But here's a few highlights that are popping out at me. Thursday, November 4th, it's already time for the North Shore Animal League 4th Annual Dog Academy Celebrity Gala. That's always a very glittering affair. ASPCA is having their Furry Friends United team runs in the ING New York City Marathon. That's Sunday, November 7th. So go there and look. And uh, let's see. Again, we have some holiday things coming up. We have a whole bunch of cat situations coming out, and that's mostly because the ferals get cold, and it's starting to get cold. So everyone, you want to know some more about these events, please give a look to www.newyorktales.com or, of course, the Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio site. And that'll do it for this episode. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Give us a call. Give us a visit. Let your friends know that you like us. Let your local pet stores and pet groups know that you like us. And that'll keep us on the air. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting muttropolis. The sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City. With your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 